0: Hi my friend, it's been a little while, uh, it's been a busy season of my life, but I'm happy to be here with you, so pull up a cup of coffee and your bible and let's dive in. As I promised, I want to, to unpack uh, a little bit of information on dietary laws with you. As if you've been following along, we've been, I've been, I guess, discovering this beautiful journey of falling in love with the scriptures, with Yahweh's words, and with His Torah, uh, which is the first five books of the Bible, also known as the laws of God or the laws of Moses. However, I love this term that um, it actually translates better into the english word instruction than it translates better like law is okay um, but it, it translates better to instruction so it's god's instructions his instructions for life and it's been quite the journey that started off as me trying to disprove the need to follow the laws and just falling in love with them because the old testament and the and the torah like truly are a love story to us and they show us how to love god and how to love others and it's beautiful so that being said i would love to unpack some of the dietary restrictions i feel like as a contemporary christian raised in the church i had some preconceived notions about it how much in bondage it was and how now God came or Jesus came to set us free from God's laws, which again, does that really make sense? Did God really send his son to set us free from his instructions for life? Just pause on that for a second. That claim that Jesus had to come to set us free from God's laws. Yeah, it doesn't sit right. He set us free from sin. And he set us free from the curse that comes from sinning. And it's through grace that we're saved. And it's so beautiful. But there's a chance and a good chance that God's instructions for life still stand and they're still good. It says that they're, um, yeah, they're his right rulings for life. Let me just, before we dive into this, read from Deuteronomy 30 to you and so moses is on the mountain they're about to go into the promised land and he is he is giving them a sermon to encourage them and to reiterate everything he goes over the whole torah again and um and he's concluding here and he says in deuteronomy 30 starting at verse 10 however All this will happen only if you pay attention to what Adonai your God says so that that you obey his commands and regulations which are written in this book of the Torah. If you turn to Adonai your God with all your heart and all your being, For this command, which I'm giving you today, is not too hard for you. It's not beyond your reach. It isn't in the sky, so you need to ask who will go up to the sky for us, bring it to us, and make us hear it so we can obey it. Likewise, it isn't beyond the sea, so you need to ask who will cross the sea for us, bring it to us, and make us hear it so we can obey it. On the contrary, the word is very close to you, in your mouth, even in your heart. Therefore, you can do it. I just love that he says that it's not too hard for you. And it's true. It's so beautiful and it doesn't mean that we're going to do things perfectly, but do we throw the baby out with the bathwater just because we can't like we can't even follow all of the Torah? Because without a temple, lots of it's not applicable. Um but does that mean that we just we don't try to follow his commands or obey him? No, he's given us instructions for life and and told us time and time again we're supposed to be obedient to him and that's how we show that we love him so in that i've also yeah been trying to discover dietary laws or dietary instructions because yahweh created animals right and he created them with different purposes some um, live in the sea, some will live on the land, some are bottom feeders, some clean up the earth, and some are for food. And he tells us, specifically in the Torah, which animals he created for food and which ones he didn't create for food. And it's, it's pretty simple. I definitely thought it was a lot more complex, but the dietary restrictions are very, very small. Uh, it's not, there's not a lot there it's basically just God defining what's food and what's not food. So, uh, if you want to discover it yourself, Leviticus 11, um, really goes into it. And then it's reiterated on the mountain for Moses in Deuteronomy again. So that's kind of what all of Deuteronomy is, is Moses kind of relaying everything before they go into the promised land. Um, so I'm going to, read this to you i pray that you just listen listen to what the torah says either way this is good scripture and it's good for us to read and know and from there take it to yahweh and um yeah and hopefully with his holy spirit which has written his laws on your heart um you can take it to him and kind of unpack some of this but i just want to yeah reiterate that like all of these heavy burdens or laws about food and dietary restrictions, a lot of those were just added on later and were man-made doctrine. And that's really what Jesus spoke out against always was the man-made doctrine. So those extra burdens that were put on the people that were not from God. Um, God's instructions are very short here. So let's read Deuteronomy 14 um, and... Kind of look at what god calls food and what he doesn't so starting at chapter th- or verse three you are not to eat anything disgusting so other versions use the word abominable some use the word detestable here it says disgusting <laughs> so these animals are disgusting for food in god's eyes the animals which you may eat are ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck, ibex, antelope, oryx and mountain sheep. Any animal that has a separate hoof and a complete, and is completely divided and also chews the cud. These animals you may eat. But you are not to eat those that only chew chew the cud or only have a divided hoof. For example, the camel, the hare, the coney, are unclean for you because they chew the cud but they don't have a separate hoof well the pig is unclean for you because although it has a separate hoof it doesn't chew the cud you are not to eat meat from these or touch their carcasses of all the life of all that lives in the water you may eat these anything in the water that has fins and scales these you may eat but whatever lacks fins and scales you may not eat it is unclean for you you may eat any clean bird, but these you are not to eat. Eagles, vultures, ospreys, kites, and any kind of buzzard, any kind of raven, ostriches, screech owls, seagulls, any kind of hawk, little owls, great horn owls, great owls, horned owls, pelicans, barn owls, cormonts, storks, and any kind of heron, hopoys, and bats. So basically birds of prey. All winged creatures. Swarming creatures are unclean for you. They are not to be eaten, but all clean flying creatures you may eat um, Yeah, that's about it um, It does talk in other places about not eating blood because that is the life source and we're not supposed to eat blood so that's supposed to be fully drained from animals. We're also not supposed to eat animals that are strangled. So animals that are um, sacrificed or killed humanely, that's what we're... Like, that that's supposed to be important. And that is reiterated in the New Testament in Acts 15, not to eat blood and not to eat strangled animals. So those are of significant factors. Um... Yeah, so pretty simple. Deuteronomy 11 goes a little bit more specific, um, but it's really not a lot. And I was surprised at how little was there on uh, what is food and what's not food. So, one of the things we do have to realize is that since the coming of Yeshua, of Jesus, He has made us all clean right like through his blood we are now clean Um, and as believers who follow him we can't like we can't become unclean again necessarily right so so there has been a change in that um, you know there was a certain way of killing animals or slaughtering animals and most of it had to do around like having to take them to the temple and having them sacrifice before that meat could be clean enough to eat so if you ate animals that were not sacrificed on the altar at the temple that would be unclean even if it was a clean animal so you if you killed a cow but it was not killed properly then it would be unclean so some of those rituals, as far as I can find, have been changed since, I mean, we don't have a temple anymore, right? And and through Jesus' blood, we are now clean. So all animals that God considers food are now clean for us to eat, no matter how it's done, although they shouldn't, sorry, I'm blambering a little bit, but although they should should still fall within that category of Acts 15 of not having lifeblood in it and not being strangled so humane <laughs> humanely killed um but all that to say is any like there was several different categories so there was food and not food animals right so clean and not clean animals but amongst that there was rituals on how a clean animal could be killed so that you were able to eat it and now all animals that are considered food are now considered clean because of jesus and we can't enter that state of uncleanness in the same way hopefully that makes sense i feel like i was yammering a little bit there so i apologize if i lost you there hopefully you can come back (laughs) um I'm just trying to differentiate there that there have been things that have changed from what I can see, but what God defines as food and not food has not changed. And in that, unfortunately, is pig. So God doesn't call pig food. It, it, it is kind of like a bottom feeder. It cleans up the earth. It eats everything, right? And it it doesn't chew the cud which um, there have been a lot of health things linked to it. So you can look at the health aspect of it in that there's a lot of parasites. Um, seems to be there's carcinogens in pork and stuff. So there are a lot of health a- attributes, but I'm not necessarily claiming those things because um, what I'm just listening to is what God defined as food and what he did not. You can dive deeper into that if you would like but there definitely are some pork attributes that um, basically pork is like rat in what they eat and what they like scrounge about with and and how they digest their food and like at least in North America we don't really consider rat food so why do we consider pork food Um, also in Leviticus it talks about animals with paws so dogs and cats like those are not food. <laughs> God did not call those food. Um yeah. So, let's dive into why in contemporary Christianity now. So, I've discussed food not food. Why we think that we no longer need to obey those instructions or laws. Um in contemporary Christianity. So let's unpack a little bit. Uh, One of the chapters that's used to explain this is in Matthew, where um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and they are talking about um, washing of hands. So there was a ritual that was in Man-Made Doctrine um, that was like a ritual on how to wash your hands before you ate. And so the Pharisees were upset because Jesus wasn't doing that. Um, Let me just read it. Matthew 15, um, verse 10. Okay, so... They get kind of upset about why they're breaking this tradition and he's not washing his hands. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said, hear and understand. It is not what enters the mouth that defiles the person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then Jesus came or sorry, then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended by when they heard this statement. But he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father did not plant will be uprooted. Um, Leave them alone, they are blind guides of blind people. If a person who is blind guides another who is blind, both will fall into a pit. And Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. Jesus said, are you still lacking in understanding? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes through the stomach and is illuminated? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and those are the things that defile a person. For out of the heart come every evil thought, murderous, murders, act of adultery, other immoral sexual acts, thefts, false testimonies, and slanderous statements. These are the things that defile the person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the person so in some versions um depends what version you have but the um the translators of the bible added a little extra phrase in there and verse 11 where it says it is not what enters the mouth that defiles a person but what comes out of the mouth that this defiles the person and there will be a set of brackets which means that it is added by the the translators it's just a comment it's not scripture but it's brackets that says thus jesus declared all foods clean and that is their interpretation of it which was it's a very liberal interpretation because yeah he he is talking about you know you eat and you eliminate it it comes out it doesn't defile you um but nowhere in there did jesus translate to that like he actually even explains if that's why i read further he actually even explains what he was meaning by this right because the disciples were still confused and so he explains it he explains that it's what's in the heart that defiles a person but eating with unwashed hands does not defile you so he's not talking about, you know, eating all kinds of animals or eating rats or eating things with paws. He's not talking about that. He's just simply counteracting this man-made tradition of washing your hands and calling them out on what's inside of them. And that's what's that's what's toxic inside a person. So... Take that little bracket. If it's in your, it's in, if it's in your Bible version, take that little bracket out because that bracket saying that Jesus called all foods clean is an additive, and that is not in the original works. So let's move on then to Acts, where, Okay, so Peter's vision this is another one where we like to say that all foods all animals can now be eaten all animals are now acceptable um but let's read the words closely and again if we just take that little bit of of scripture and read it we might think something but the beauty of it is it explains it further down on what exactly we're supposed to learn here and what exactly we're supposed to get from it so let's not take our own um ideas from the scripture but actually read what the interpretation is just like that bit little bit in matthew um okay acts 10 the next day was starting at uh nine the next day about noon, when they were ready, when they were still on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof of the house to pray. He began to feel hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing the meal, he fell into a trance. So he's up there, he's hungry, he's waiting for food. He's smelling food because they're making it. Uh, and then enters this trance or dream in which he saw heaven opened and something that looked like a large sheet being lowered to the ground by its four corners in it were all kinds of four-footed animals crawling creatures and wild birds then a voice came to him get up peter slaughter and eat but peter said no sir absolutely not i have never eaten food that was unclean the or unholy the voice spoke to him a second time stop treating as unclean what god has made clean this happened three times and then the sheet was immediately taken back up to heaven so it doesn't specifically say what um what animals are in there although a lot of drawings will obviously have pig in the drawings um but where the voice says slaughter and eat that's addressing what i was talking about earlier where you couldn't just slaughter an animal um it had to be done a certain way so that it was so that a food animal would be clean because a food animal slaughtered in the wrong way not on the altar would be unclean and he wouldn't be able to eat it so that's kind of his reaction of saying, by no means, I've never eaten food that was unclean. Um, okay, so then he wakes up. Kefo or Peter, was still puzzling over the meaning. So he, he has this vision and he's super confused because he's been told to eat this unclean stuff. And so he's still puzzling over the meaning. So we can stop there and think that, okay, all things are clean now because that's what it said in the vision, but he's still puzzled over it. So clearly there's something further here. When the men that Cornelius had sent, having inquired on Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask if Simon, known as Peter, was staying there. So these are Gentile men who are coming, they're God-fearing, it says, they're coming, and they want to talk to him, and they want to learn. So while, while Peter's mind was still on the vision, the Spirit said, Three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and have no misgivings about going with them, because I myself have sent them so he goes down and talks to them um and then the next day he got up and went with them so i'm skimming a little bit but accompanied by some of the brothers as peter entered the house cornelius met him and fell prostrate at his feet but peter pulled him up to his feet and said stand up by myself i'm just a man as he talked with him peter went inside and found many people gathered he said to him you are well aware that for a man who is a Jew to have close association with someone who belongs to another people or to come and visit him is something that isn't done but God has shown me not to call any person common or unclean so when I was summoned I came without raising questions tell me why did you send me send for me so he just explains. So the next day, he he's explaining what exactly that that vision was about. It wasn't even about food; it was just a, this picture of clean versus unclean. Um, to explain that now they can associate with Gentiles because they weren't even allowed to do that, um, and that we should not be calling. Any people's clean or unclean, like that is that's not our job, right? And he says, Then Peter addressed them, I now understand that God does not play favorites, but that whoever fears him and does what is right and acceptable to him, no matter what people he belongs to, does what is right, is acceptable to him, no matter what people he belongs to. So, that is that is the meaning of the vision, it's not about food. it's about people and it explains that so taking that out of context to use that as a foundation for why we can eat pig maybe is not the right use of that scripture because the explanation is it's right there um okay last one that I'm gonna do and I've talked about this one a little bit before about the feast days and sabbaths but this is the last one, it's in Colossians 2 verse 16 and lots of people like to use this one. So don't let anyone pass judgment on you in connection with eating and drinking or in regard to a Jewish festival or new moon or Shabbat. These are a shadow of things coming but the body is of the Messiah. So it says don't let anyone pass judgment on, on you in connection with eating and drinking. So he's talking here to again Gentiles, who are living in a pagan culture and are are learning about God's instructions or the Torah. They're learning about them and they're wanting to follow them. But their pagan peers are judging them and making fun of them or because they have their own rituals and they have their own ways of doing things. And he's trying to encourage them, saying, don't let these people who follow man-made doctrine um, judge you on these things with eating and drinking and stuff. And... Again, if we read further, we see the explanation. Uh, These people engage in self-mortification and angel worship. They have a a worldly outlook. Um, They say, don't touch this, don't eat that, don't handle the other. Such prohibitions are concerned with things meant to to perish by being used or avoided. Not by, sorry, not by being avoided. And they are based on man-made rules and teachings. They have the outwardly appearance of wisdom and their self-imposed religious observances, false humility, but they have no value at all in restraining people from indulging in their old nature. So he's talking specifically about man-made doctrines and teachings and to not, not worry about those things and just follow God. <laughs> Um, so we're reading it in the wrong way. Some versions I've actually found, if you look up the NLT, it actually adds some words, which is super dangerous. It adds words. It says, don't let anyone pass judgment on you for not eating or for, sorry, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but they add the word not in there basically saying don't let anyone pass judgment on you for not celebrating these things and they've added that word not in there go and read it yourself go read the comparison because that word not should not be in there um And we've read it totally on its head, and we've read it backwards as a reason for not celebrating God's feast days, for not celebrating Sabbaths, and not following his dietary restrictions. And that, my friends, is a dangerous place to be because there's some added stuff in there. So, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this was a very scattered presentation. Like I said, it's been a while, and I feel like my focus isn't quite there. But this is something that needs to be talked about, and this does need to be talked about in the church because we've been taught that God's instructions for a diet diet, uh, have been done away with and that he has called all things clean. But just because he's called things clean does not mean that he's called them food. And that's, I guess, the gist of what I'm trying to say here. Just because he calls things clean does not mean that that pigs are food now. Now it might be fine to touch pigs, whereas it wasn't fine to touch pigs before. But it still doesn't make them food, just like it doesn't make cats food and it doesn't make rats food and like all of these things. So let's figure out what God calls food. He made the animals. He knows um and just I guess go forward with a humble heart to just see what he says has to say about it I've unpacked just a little bit, but there's there's verses in the prophets in the Old Testament that talk about those that that eat swine flesh will be destroyed like there's some pretty serious things in there, and it's not talking about past it's talking about future events it's talking about the day of the Lord, and then those eating swine's flesh and like there's some serious things in here that we need to I guess just go with a humble heart and that's all that I've done is just going forward with a humble heart being open to it early on in this Yahweh did give me a dream about food and how um, this cow was being slaughtered and he was being strangled and he was being like he was not being slaughtered in a humane way at all and in that dream i recognized that this is important to god and i had to like (laughs) i had to make myself remember it because god is showing me something here that food is still important to him um just because we can eat something so just because we can eat worms or we can eat dirt even just because we can eat something does not mean it is defined as food and i think the same could even apply to a lot of the, the stuff we see in grocery stores today just because we can eat it and we can put it in our bellies does not make it nutritious does not make it food i'm not i'm not saying anything specific for you to follow or for, for you not to follow but i guess just encouraging you to take this to yahweh take this in prayer and actually study the scriptures to see what he has to say about this because some of these things and these uh, man-made theologies and doctrines and explanations um they've been twisted a little bit and have i feel like they've led us astray a little bit and we need to come back back to Yahweh and his instructions because he has a reason he says they're they're for our good they're for right living these are good things he gives us instructions for life so be blessed my friend I'm sorry if this is heavy um but I pray that it just starts something in you I'm still I'm still figuring it out too so thanks for being on this journey with me bye